Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Bayer. My host, Dr. Bayer Pierre, your favorite board-certified attorney, founder of drbayerpierre.com, as well as the host of the number one podcast for patient advocacy, helping you empower yourself for better health. This week, we have episode 98, where we are going to be talking about the rising drug costs here in America and how it affects you, uh, the patient. And um, fortunately, I want to tell you, it does in a negative way. Um, We're going to be talking about some of the most ridiculous drug price increases that have happened over the years. We're going to be talking about how it's affecting real-life families as we speak and what Congress wants to do about it. So, like always, if you want show notes, head over to lunchlearnpod.com or whatever uh, app you love listening to the podcast too, um, you should be able to uh, check out the notes there. And don't forget, if you have not had a chance yet, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, your reviews are much appreciated, and I would love to give you a shout-out if you do so. So leave me a five-star review. Uh, send me a screenshot of you doing a five-star review, and I'll make sure on the next episode we give you a shout-out. So let's get back, get ready for another amazing episode here with The Lunch You Learn and Dr. Barry. Alright guys, so this is definitely one of those times where I hate to be associated with the healthcare industry. Again, it doesn't happen very often, but once this topic comes to hand, uh, fortunately, I'm on the side of wrong, right? So, you know, obviously this podcast is all about the patients, all about empowering the patients and being an advocate for the patients. So I'd be remiss not to really talk about drug prices and the rise of drug prices over the years and how that's really negatively affected patient care has how is it negatively negatively affected the doctor patient relationship and uh, honestly how it's killed people right like the the rising uh, cost of drugs here in America is an absolute reason why people are dying right people are having to make Life and death choices every day when it comes to medicine, right? I just, that I understand. But we can't be forcing to make these decisions based on the prices of drugs that we're essentially manufacturing, right? And uh, we're going to talk today about a couple uh, scenarios of prices that have risen out of nowhere, right? That have blindsided families that have, you know, left uh, people in financial ruin. And what do we do from here, right? So I think, and at the end, that's where I want to end up, right? I want to be able to say, like, okay, this is what we got to deal with here in America. You know, these are some of our options, right? And I I think you need options. I'm always a fan of options. I think as the uh, patient advocator, right, you need as much options as possible, right? Like you, again, I love myself, right? I think I'm the best physician, right? But uh, you should have more options than a person like me when it comes to choosing your health care, right? And the same goes for our prescription drugs. We uh, spend a lot of money, again, we'll talk about that on the show, spend a lot of money on these prescription drugs, and we're not getting the benefit uh, that comes to it, right? So uh, I want to bring you uh, the first scenario, right? The first scenario 
is a family who is taking care of uh, a young kid, right? A young kid who was this fit guy. He, he ran track in school. And all of a sudden, he realized that he was getting more and more fatigue as he would run track, right? Now, of course, it's not like when I have to run on the treadmill and I get tired over time. No, this is a kid who is used to running on the track. He was a long-distance runner. But he started noticing that uh, the more he ran and the longer he ran, it became more and more difficult to do so. And unfortunately, you know, he eventually had to stop running, right? He was, again, he ran track for, uh, you know, as, as a sport, but he eventually had to stop doing it because he just could not uh, physically get up and move anymore um, after running, let's say, a mile, right? And this is, again, he ran long distances, and all of a sudden he couldn't do it anymore. Lo and behold, um, after, you know, fortunately going to see a doctor uh, about all of these problems, he was diagnosed with this rare muscular neuro, neuromuscular disorder, which is interesting because depending on when you're listening to this episode, this is actually a rare disease week, right? Um, he was diagnosed with a disease called Lambert-Eaton uh, myasthenic syndrome, right, or LEMS, right? If you Google it, it's LEMS. Um, and what occurs is that it's a autoimmune disorder, right? And we've talked about it in the past. Autoimmune disorders are essentially the body uh, attacking itself. Unfortunately, this specific disease makes your muscles very tired and decreases the strength in your muscles, and it actually works the harder you work them. So if you're a person who never uh, works your muscles, right, and you don't have no problem, right? But if you're a runner and you're, you're doing physical strenuous activity and you used to be able to run one mile with no problem, all of a sudden you run a half mile and you're like dead beat tired, right? So this was a, a disease that he was fortunately discovered to have and it affects about 3,000 people here in the U.S. And un- up until a few years ago, the medication that he used to be able to use, right, because he's on medication now, he, he's better now, he's able to do his track and field, he's able to do his sports, but the medication he was able to use used to be free, right? And so I wanted us to kind of get that mental picture, right? A family member uh, of yours has this rare disease that only 3,000 people in the United States have, and fortunately, they're able to get that medication for free, so their life is able to change, they're able to do what they do, and kind of live out a normal life as a kid. All of a sudden, right, and and, and this is what's uh, concerning more than anything else, all of a sudden, you have a drug company who owns the drug that used to be free, and they say, you know what, let me buy that off you, right? So an, a business opportunity comes about where another drug company buys that a drug from a different one adds a little preservative, right? Which doesn't add any effect to the drug. All it does, it makes it last a little bit longer. And now all of a sudden, they're charging $375,000 for the same drug you used to get for free. Right? So let, let, let's ponder that for a second, right? A drug I used to be able to get for free uh, through government uh, programming, right? It's now $375,000 a year. Guys, I want you to kind of sit back for a second, right? And how many people who are listening to this show right now have an extra $375,000 just lying around uh, to take a medication that's going to be able to uh, greatly affect their life, right? Exactly. Not many people, right? But here this 
drug company, right? And I, I even hate to call them a drug company because all their clearly uh, the selfish greed has overtaken them. But here, this drug company, drug company comes in adds a little preservative that adds nothing to the medication, and all of a sudden, uh, medications free goes to three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. And this is an unfortunate um, uh, situation, right? To the point where congressmen had to get in, like the you know the hearing had to occur, right? because again, this is like, what are you doing, right? We're like, what are you doing if you are for the patient, if you are for patient care? Um, how can you justify adding that price tag? And uh, and what uh, a theme you'll hear throughout the show is the most common retort that you get from these drug companies is you know the the cost of marketing the cost of you know uh, you know just preservatives and everything else and competition all of these things that they will essentially kind of make up and say no this is why we have to justify the cost oh and by the way there are government programs out there and uh, quote unquote newer government programs out there that can you know help absorb some of this cost and I, and I say absorb because a lot of times it's not the patient who has to directly you know, pay uh, this money. What tends to happen when you have these drug programs that those are usually tax funded. So now people who are paying taxes are now paying more taxes to a fund uh, to take care of this drug company's $375,000 bill. Right. So that's, that's the first one. Right. And that's enraging to me. I couldn't imagine being that uh, patient's doctor and having to explain to them, like, hey, yes, I know this medication you used to take that was for free last week um, is going to cost you a, a pretty penny, right? Because, again, you, you don't go from three, $375,000 to free again, right? Like, they are going to have to spend some money. And if this is a family who is tight on the budget, like, maybe they can't afford to spend that money, right? Maybe they can't afford uh, the extra $500. i will just give a scenario, $500, $1,000 every month, right? Again, this is monthly, right? Uh, they, they, may, they may not be able to afford that on a month-to-month basis. And now they have to pick and choose, like, do I take this medication? Do I eat? Do I take this medication? Do I put, um, you know, gas in my car, right? Like, these are the real-life decisions that patients are having to make today uh, because of some of these uh, unscrupulous uh, acts uh, by these drug companies. Uh, next, I'm, I want to talk about COPD and asthma, right? This is a very a common disorder is actually the third leading cause of death here in the United States. And as a primary care physician and now an internist in a hospital, I can tell you I take care of a lot of patients who deal with COPD and asthma and all of the effects from it. And if you know any patient, if you know any family member, friend, if you especially are listening uh, to this show, um, you know that the lifeblood of uh, your medications usually come in a form of an inhaler like that's the usually your med- if you have CBD if you have lung issues uh, the medication you usually treat is usually some type of inhalation uh, type medication but what's what's been happening unfortunately right and again this this scenario um, happened a few years ago where you know you have and they, they, I think this is published on NPR uh, what I'll do I'll, I'll put a, a link to the show notes uh, to the story where, you know, you have this 67-year-old female who, you know, takes, um, you know, th- these inhalers, right? And, you know, they're 67-year-old, they're retired, they're on Medicare. So, you know, they have pretty fixed costs, right? They can't really deal with the rising cost of price, just like 
a majority of people cannot deal with this rising cost. And all of a sudden, medications that they used to take, that they used to be able to get, um, are now $200, $300, $400 every single month. Right? And they just, they literally can't afford it, right? They literally can't afford to pay mortgage, pay their card note, pay the, the premium that it may uh, need to get get uh, Medicare or whatever the health insurance is, and then have to spend an extra 400 bucks on just one medication that they have to do every single day, right? So I, I can tell you what happens, and then I can tell you uh, what tends to occur uh, in the inpatient setting and the outpatient setting. So you have these patients who, again, are having to choose like, hey, I, I need this medication. And maybe fortunately, their doctor has some uh, samples, right? Maybe fortunately, their doctor may have a sample or two and they give them that sample. But then they also give them prescription and they go to pick up this prescription at a pharmacy. And the pharmacist is like, hey, this thing is going to cost you like 300 bucks. So, you know, what they do is a medication that they were supposed to take every single day, right? All of a sudden, they don't take it every single day. All of a sudden, the medication, because they, they need it to last, right? So all of a sudden, uh, they're taking it every other day, right? Because they know if it costs me $400, if I take it every other day, now it's going to last me two months instead of one month. So now you see what happens in the inpatient, outpatient setting. So now you tend to have more of these patients who come in what we call an exacerbation, right? Which essentially means that it got to the point where their inhalers at home wasn't enough to help with their breathing. And a lot of times they require uh, to be put in the hospital because by that time they're short of breath, they can't breathe at all. So I got to give you IV steroids. I got to give you breathing treatments around the clock. I got to have respiratory therapy. See, I got to do all of these things here, which what does that do? It dries up the cost of healthcare in general, uh, but it, and most importantly, it dries up your cost, right? Because now, instead of uh, paying for a home medication, now you got a hospital bill that's coming your way, right? And that you weren't ready for, but the reason why you're there is because you could not afford the medication. And I tell my residents all the time, especially when we're dealing with patients who are asthmatic, patients who have COPD, remember third leading cause of death in the United States, when, when they come into the hospital, I rarely say that it's strictly because they're non-compliant because I've been on that side, right? Like I've been on the outside as the outpatient doctor and I've had patients call me and say, hey, do you have any more samples of blank medication? And the, the hurt that I would hear when I say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't have any more because I knew one, that they weren't going to be able to pick it up in the pharmacy, which, which meant now I have to be on high alert that you're not taking your medications, you're not going to be treated adequately, and you're going to end up in my office more often than not. And, and what, what occurred, unfortunately, as a, uh, uh, again, the same like scenario, not, not necessarily preservative, but what occurred um, many years ago is that the delivering device, right? Because a lot of these medications used to be very cheap, right? The delivering device that these medications were in, companies said, hey, you know what? If I upgrade, quote unquote, if I upgrade the, the, the machinery that delivers your, your medication from an inhalation standpoint, I can now charge this as a new medication. And, and we see that uh, over the years, and I'm gonna just give you uh, some numbers. 
Uh, we see that over the years, uh, drug prices for some very common COPD medications have risen, right? For Spiriva, Spiriva has jumped to about 30%, which now costs a patient roughly 360 bucks every month. So since about 20, 2006, right, uh, this price of Spiriva has jumped $368 per month, which is about a 30% increase. Uh, the price of Brio, uh, another inhalation medication, has risen about uh, 20% um, since about 2013. Again, now that makes that number about $320 per month. Again, uh, I want to stop and pause for a second because if you have an extra $368 or $328, you know, raise your hand, right? Like, I want you to really think about it. How many of us have that kind of money? just lying around to spend for some breathing medication at their need. Exactly, right? Not too many. And another scenario, uh, and again, the, I, I wanted to start out with that rare uh, disease because I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, it is a rare disease. You got to be able to charge more for the rare disease. But this is, COPD is the third leading cause of death here in the United States. And yet, the most common, one of the most common disorders we face still has that same problem of drug price rising and, you know, lack of uh, compliance because of the drug price rising. Many patients um, across the United States are strictly reliant on their doctor giving them samples for these medications, many. So if the majority, and I hate to say majority, right? But let's just say we'll just say we'll just say a lot of people, right? Because if if two people are reliant on your doctor uh, giving them samples, that is too many. So we have a situation here in the United States where having the medication isn't a problem; it's getting the medication in your pocket because it costs so much, right? That's the problem, right? Like we got them, right? You go to CVS, Walgreens, it's back there. Right. But if you can't afford to, uh, you know, take it home, it doesn't matter that it's accessible. Right. Like, you know, and we tote that a lot here in the United States. They're like, oh, you can get whatever you need here. Uh, all your medications are here. Yeah, that's great that it's here. It's great that it's behind the counter. Uh, but it does nothing for my patient who can't afford it. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpsblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpsblog.com Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. It has nothing for my patient who's in uh, the grocery store but has to buy groceries so they can't pick up their Aspiriva. They can't pick up their Brio this month because they have to buy groceries. They have to take care of their kids. So that is a scenario, again, that's two different extremes um, from a disease course. But as you can see, the same pattern where the drug companies add something different Right, they add something different that doesn't add any additional benefit to the medication, but it allows them to say, hey, this is a new product. I need to be able to charge you more for it, right? which is absolutely crazy. So the problem has gotten so bad, right? And it's, it's been a problem. But unfortunately, uh, like everything here in America, 
um, our politics are bottom right like everything in America they have great lobbyists right so they, they fight for laws that protect themselves they fight for laws that uh, ensure that they're able to charge these ridiculous prices for them so uh, Congress had uh, very recently Congress had uh, some of the the biggest drug company maker CEOs um, test give testimonies here to kind of say like hey what what are you guys doing like what are you what are you thinking about um, when when you charge these prices, and then and that's where you tend to get that parrot um, information of well, you know, research, and where we're trying to keep up with the demand of everyone who uh, across the world, right? Like they say, well, we charge here in the United States more, which is a fact I'm going to talk about a little later. We charge and we charge more for the same drug here in the United States because it costs more, right? And I want to tell you the reason why it costs more is because here in the United States. Um, we have much stricter laws on what you can uh, market. We have much stricter laws on what you can say your drug is for, right? So they don't have that, uh, uh, you know, a uh, worry, I should say, you know, outside this country, right? So they can say like, all right, this is for this medication here. We're charging this much. And they don't have to go through the regulations associated with it. And uh, very interesting, right? One of the congressmen, uh, which is pretty funny, um, asked uh, one of the CEOs uh, who apparently made about $22 million, right? Made about $22 million uh, the, the year prior. And he asked them, uh, this medication that you have, this, this uh, CEO is actually CEO of, uh, you know, AbbVie, who has a drug called Humira, which is used for rheumatoid arthritis, along with other things. And the price of that drug is about 60000 a year, right? So it's not as bad as that 375000 a dollar price tag, but again, I implore you: if you have an extra sixty thousand a year, one, um, donate uh, some to my uh, nonprofit organization, and two, I'll be very lucky, right? And they and the, the congressman asked, like, "Hey, is, is that that bonus that you get, right? Because I think I like a four million dollar bonus. Is the bonus you get um, associated with the fact that your drug price costs sixty thousand a year?" And of course, you're like, "No." Um, bonuses are tied to a lot other different things, um, and the price of the drug doesn't really matter. So when when the CEOs are pre- presented uh, with these scenarios, and they say, "Hey, yeah, we want to drop the drug prices down," but it's not only us, right? So they get the finger pointing, right? They say, "Well, it doesn't just have to do with us. Um, you know, it has to do with tax. The taxpayers has to do with uh, pharmacy managers and all these different. And those are like the CVS and Walgreens of the world." Um, it has to do with all of these different issues that um, if, if you take care of them, then we can uh, decrease our price. But if you're not going to take care of them, there's nothing that uh, we can do. Right? And, and that's unfortunately uh, the issue. Right? That's the unfortunate problems here in the United States, especially when dealing with uh, drug pricing and health care in and of itself. Uh, many of you have are either taking medications or have family members who take medications um, who which are very affordable right a lot of I, I tend to send a lot of my patients to like grocery stores at Publix because Publix has a line of medication that are completely free but imagine if one day you know the drug company who makes it gets bought out and someone comes behind them and says oh you know this drug that used to be free I'm adding a preservative so it can last a little bit longer. Oh, and by the way, now it costs you 10000 a year, right? 
Like this, this is the scenario. This is a real life scenario that tends to happen over and over and over again, right? So those scenarios right there, I, I, again, I want us to, you know, really get in the mindset, right? We talked about this, the rare disease, right? Whose number jumped from three to three hundred seventy-five thousand, right? We talked about COPD, uh, the 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 third leading cause of death here in the United States, but still uh, drug prices are rising and they're outpacing how much, uh, if, again, if you don't realize it, they're clearly outpacing how much people get paid, right? So we're not paying people more. We're just raising the cost of everything they require uh, to live uh, around it, right? So let's, I want to kind of shoot some, uh, sh- some some facts, right? Because I know here in the Lushman community, we love facts, right? Because facts are great. Facts are quick and easy to remember, um, drug pricing here in the United States are way too high, right? It's just, and it's uh, unfortunately going to become unstable uh, to the healthcare system in general, right? The uh, total cost of what we spend on drugs uh, alone are about 20% of the total healthcare costs uh, here in this country, right? So 20% is strictly focused on how much we spend on drugs, right? And uh, Americans here are spending an, an increase of about 15% uh, since 2014. Um, there's a, an unprecedented cost of specialty medications with about 30% rise in cost. And those are the Humeras, uh, that medication for the limbs. Like, so these specialty disorders, um, the cost for them are shooting through the roof. Again, almost 30, 40%. We talked about some of the COPD uh, medications kind of associated with it. Um, spending uh, will cost government programs. Uh, yeah, remember I talked about these government programs because that's what these drug companies always rely on. Say, oh no, but we have government programs that yes, I have this price tag of sixty thousand, hundred thousand, three hundred and seventy-five thousand. But the government programs will make it much more affordable. But remember, if it's a government program, somebody has to pay for it, and if somebody is likely me or you. Right. Um, government programs are going to cost us about 50 billion over the next decade. Right. So we're going to spend about 50 billion on these government programs to subsidize these drug companies uh, because they wanted to raise the price on uh, medication that they added preservatives on. Right. So they're going to be they're going to continue to win uh, in, in that scenario. Right. Which is absolutely uh, terrible. Um, prices for, again, the more common drugs are rising as well for the top 10 prescriptions. Uh, in the United States have risen by more than 100% since 2011. Again, I repeat, four of the top 10 prescription drugs here in the United States, that price has risen up almost 100% since 2011, right? So again, it's not just the rare diseases, right, or rare medications, right? Medications that you commonly use uh, today are going up uh, 100% uh, since uh, 2011, right? So, and that's a problem, right? Um, that's the issue. That's kind of where we're at here in America. Right. And so of course you, you ask, right. Cause, uh, you have to ask, right. Well, Dr. Barry Pierre, what do we do? Right. Like what, what am I supposed to do, uh, with you telling me, uh, how bad the pharmaceutical industry is. Right. Let me tell you what I tell my patients. Um, I am a fan of out of the country medications and, I know a lot of people may be squeamish, right? They say, oh, my God, you can't trust this. Um, but can you really trust a company that has no problem uh, taking your medication for free and then selling it for $375,000 here in the U.S. but doesn't charge that ridiculous price outside the country? No, right? 
So I am a big fan of uh, out-of-the-country medications, in particular the Canadian pharmacies, uh, but there's a lot of uh, European pharmacies as well that are reputable, right? And I'm and in the show notes, I'll put some links up uh, to some reputable sites that you can get your medications on. And and it's not first of all, let me tell you, it's not like you can go you you the patient, right? Uh, the my lecture listener, right? It's not like you can just go. And say, oh, I want this medication, this medication. Click a button and it gets sent to you. You still have to go through the process, right? You st- your doctor still has to fill out paperwork and write a, an actual prescription and say, yes, I want my patient to get this prescription here. So that 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 alone would tell you if uh, a website is serious about their business, right? Because if you have to do that, you already know that. Oh, okay, I, I can't just kind of cheap out uh, the system here, right? Because if I do, uh, something may uh, come to bite me, right? No, uh, this is one where the drug company will actually directly um, fax the prescription to your doctor's office, or you can, you know, you can print out the order form from their website, bring it to your doctor's office, right? Because they're going to fact check, they're going to make sure this is an actual doctor signing it, and then you can get those medications from there. My, I can tell you, my COPD patients, my asthma patients. We primarily used a lot of the Canadian pharmacies because the price, again, I talked about Spareva, I think it was like 368 bucks. But if I did it uh, through the Canadian pharmacies, it may be like 50 bucks, 75 bucks, right? Which again, is much more affordable uh, in the long run, especially if you want to breathe, right? Like, I want y'all to think about this right now. How many of you like breathing? Right. So a lot of people like breathing. So if you like breathing, uh, you, you're going to need these medications. If you're a COPD patient, asthma patient, you need these medications to breathe. And if you can't breathe, there's a problem. If you can't breathe, you end up in a hospital or worse. Right. We already know what the or worse is. So you have a lot of great out of the country resources that can get you some of these medications. Actually, a lot of these medications at a much a deeper price um, cut than what you'll get here in the United States if you try to go to Walgreens or CVS. So I'm a big champion of getting out and saying, like, I need the Canadian pharmacy medication prescription. Don't give me that U.S. pharmacy prescription. Because until they play ball with us, right? And I say us because as a physician, it hurts me um, when I know you can't take your medication because you literally can't afford it, right? So it hurts me. And if the pharmaceutical companies don't want to play ball with us, then we need to make sure that the advantage is in our end. And as, as your patient advocate, right, like I'm going to give you all of those tools. Right? Like I said, in the, the show notes, I'm going to have the uh, links to some of the reputable pharmacies out there. Um, I'm, going to have, uh, I'm going to have your back when it comes to this problem, right? Because this is a problem that's not the cause of you, right? So when we talk about noncompliance in the... Um, the the medical um, industry, especially as a resident, right? As a, as a program director, uh, my residents are constantly writing non-compliant, non-compliant, and I'm like, eh, are they really non-compliant, or can they just not afford uh, this medication, right? Because the likely scenario is that they would, I think, they like to be able to breathe, they just can't afford breathing right now, so they come to the hospital. So. Uh, again, another uh, great episode. Like I said, you know, that's my time. It's about 30 minutes. Um, you know, please, if you have friends, family members, uh, you know, please send uh, this episode to them. You know, tell them to take a listen and then send them to the website so they can get the show notes. 
uh, and, you know, try to see if that medication that they're taking that may be costing them a hundred bucks this month, right? A hundred bucks a month, uh, they could possibly get for 10 or 20 a month elsewhere, right? So I think those, I think if anything, if you don't get uh, nothing from uh, this show today is that uh, we need to be paying much uh, cheaper prices for the medications out there because we are paying the U.S. tax uh, that other countries don't have to pay. So you guys have a great and blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of The Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry, and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch learn pod all in one word.com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode but especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye